Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and today we are talking about, I mean, one of my favorite topics, which is brunch. Am I right, ladies? There's so much joy that is associated with the word brunch. And I know it's kind of like stereotypical of me to say that I love brunch as a gay man, but I I do believe that brunch holds a sense of possibility, a sense of, uh, you know, joy and friendship. <laughs> it sounds stupid, I know. But I, I do think, you know, when the world was open, there's nothing better than just meeting up with your best gals and just having brunch. And I think... I when I was younger, like in my younger days, I think I could probably do it, but I would just want to nap afterwards, like the bottomless brunch, like where you get bottomless mimosas or Bloody Marys. I'm not a huge fan of Bloody Marys. I love vodka. And I've tried different Bloody Marys too. Like I've seen them with just like everything in them. I feel like I've seen them with like bacon and a pickle and olives and I feel like I've seen one with like lobster or crab or something in that. I mean, I love everything that goes into a Bloody Mary, except the Bloody Mary, if that makes sense. And I really don't love, what is that, horseradish that goes in that too. I don't like it too spicy. And I I do understand and acknowledge like the healing power of a Bloody Mary. I feel like it just, it, I guess it has the the power to kind of like, to me, I'd rather go to McDonald's and get like a burger and fries to soak up like all the grease or like to soak up all the alcohol rather and just like that's my version of a Bloody Mary but I get it I I respect the Bloody Mary I know a lot of my friends love it I wish I did because they're very popular but I just don't I think my drink of choice would be ah gosh I don't even know I think it would probably be a screwdriver to be honest like vodka and orange juice Um, because even a mimosa is great, but sometimes they get a little sugary for me. Um, and I feel like they're overpriced for sure. I'd rather like buy like a a actual cocktail than get like a glass of champagne with like, because you never know how much champagne they're going to put in and it's, uh, it's not worth the risk. But the idea of bottomless brunch now, like where I'm at in my age, at the ripe old age of 35, uh, I, I feel like if I was to go to a bottomless brunch, because I like the idea of like getting a little bit buzzed and then the food arrives, maybe a little later than what you would like it to, because you just kind of, I like to have at least two drinks before I have a meal. Not like always, but like if I'm going, if I know I'm going out to dinner, like I'd like, I'd like to have two glasses of wine or like a glass of wine and a cocktail or whatever it happens to be before my meal arrives. That way, like I call it like empty tummy drunk. <laughs> it's like, I'm not wasted, but like, you kind of get a little bit more of a buzz when you have an empty stomach and then the food comes and then you like eat it and that soaks it all up. And it's, uh, it's kind of my preferred method of eating out when I know that I'm going to have a couple drinks. I like the idea of being social. I like the idea of like having drink number one and catching up with the gals and drink number two. I don't like, I really don't like to drink as I'm eating, I guess. Like I, I'd rather have two glasses of wine before the meal and then kind of just be done. I mean, I might have something like later after it or something, but once the food comes, I don't really like to drink as I eat, I guess. Um, But if I do go to like a bottomless brunch nowadays, I feel like I would need a nap immediately afterwards, which which I guess is part of like the bliss of bottomless brunch because you can sort of like 
get a little buzz, you can fill up and then you come home and then you just kind of lay on the couch and just like, you know, turn on Netflix or whatever. Like I do like the idea, but nowadays I just feel like I would get like heartburn <laughs> if I did that. I would have like so much indigestion if I just like laid down after any meal, let alone like pounding mimosas or screwdrivers or Bloody Marys and then just like sitting with that. But this is all to say I love brunch. I think I posted a... um like a question to everyone on the the Good Vanilla socials last week on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, which you can follow at Good Vanilla Pod, by the way, um, what everyone else likes to eat too. And a lot of people chimed in with like quiche and um, a few other things too. I think there's like a difference nowadays between, you know, what we used to be able to do, which was go out and like be social. And now everyone's kind of, it's, it's like quarantine brunch, you know, it's like you and your partner or you by yourself, you can't really host a lot of people, I mean, I'm sure some people are regardless, but because it's too cold, I feel like once it starts to warm up, I'm looking forward to that, that we can, you know, socially distance on someone's back porch, um, because that's also a plus is being outside with like an umbrella. I think one of my favorite brunch experiences was when I was doing theater in Florida. Amanda, if you're listening, this is before you were there, I think. Yeah, because it was with a different cast and we all went to South Beach um, no, we went to Miami. Is Miami in South Beach? I don't know. I know it's near. It's all in the same vicinity, but it was incredible. The weather was amazing. We sat outside. I had Eggs Benedict. We had mimosas, and it was just a great day. I think that's that really does add to the experience is like being outside. I think that's what really makes um the perfect brunch, which is the Subject matter of this episode, it is the perfect brunch. The episode itself is called Brunch Bunch, and this is season six of Back to Basics, episode eight. Um, so let's get into it. Let's talk about brunch, and more specifically, the perfect brunch. So Ina's intro, she says, I'm the Barefoot Contessa, and I'm writing an article about the perfect brunch. Here's what's on the menu. And she goes into, what is she? Oh, she, a roasted hazelnut granola, a fruit platter with ripe melons and fresh berries, a ba- and then she says, a basket of croissant with my favorite apricot butter and the easiest baked blintzes that you'll ever make with fresh blueberry sauce. But I'm not doing this alone. I'm calling in the A-team. My friend Miguel Flores Viana is doing the table setting and taking photographs. And my other friend Michael Grimm is doing the flowers. Which, let's talk about this because th- I think this is our first episode where we meet Michael and Miguel, at least on like the good vanilla. This is not like the first episode ever that we see them, but the first time that we, you and I, are talking about this. So let's talk about Miguel. I think Miguel is probably in my top three of like supporting cast characters on the Barefoot Contessa. He's an Argentinian photographer. He's best known for architecture and interiors. He has worked for publications including Cabana and Architectural Digest. And he actually recently, I don't know what year it came out, but in just doing a little bit of light research about Miguel, he has a book called Wandering Eye that captures photos taken around the world, like Europe, Africa, Asia, and America. And all the photos were taken on his smartphone, which you wouldn't believe if you saw these pictures. I mean, I... I kind of want this book, honestly. I feel like it's like a great, it's a coffee table book for sure. And I feel like it would be a great gift for any Barefoot Contessa fanatic, honestly. And I think he has another book as well. It's called like Hote Something Bohemians. Ooh, I can't remember what it's called, but look up Miguel. 
Um, he, I feel like he's a, he's the real deal. I feel like outside of the Barefoot Contessa, too, he's very well respected in his field. There's a wonderful video on YouTube that I found. It's on the Sone Foundation's YouTube channel, and Sone is S-O-A-N-E. It's called A Wandering Eye, colon, Color, Light, and Culture with Miguel Flores Viana. Um, and it's a love, it's like an hour long. I didn't watch the whole thing, but it's really interesting, interesting to hear him talk about his process. Um, and it's really great that he's on the show too. I mean, in addition to like just killing it outside of the world of the Barefoot Contessa, I love that Ina sort of, you know, is able to, I feel like their, their roots run deep and I feel that he comes, he's been one of the longer lasting people in the show in addition to like Michael uh as well like he's been around for a while and I, I I love when he pops in I always get really excited because he's talented and has such great ideas and in this episode he is um as we said before doing the table the sort of table setting and we'll get into that in just a moment and of course, the other member of Ina's A-Team in this episode is Michael Grimm, who is, I, I believe he's one of the owners, if not the owner of the Bridgehampton Florist, which is their handle on Instagram, the Bridgehampton Florist. So everyone, first of all, go follow them. Um, but I, I feel like Michael specifically, if you live in the Hamptons, you go to Michael's. I, not Michael's, like the craft store, but like you go to Michael's flower shop. I feel like he is the man, which I love because I feel like there is a sense of like um, supporting local businesses. But like Michael also has the advantage of being very talented at what he does. And I feel like just the amount of flowers that they get and like the, the, the care that they put into it and the way that he sees things like in this episode, he put flowers in eggshells, which is so I just feel like he's really good at what he does too. And he happens to be really good friends with Ina as well, just like Miguel. And I think I think Robbie and I were talking about this last week too, that um, that Michael is probably number one in the sort of like someone who's been around and in the world and really close to Ina throughout the entire series too. I also, like Miguel, am super thrilled to see him in any episode because I love his banter. I think sometimes it's just as awkward as Ina, but really, really cute and endearing, but really, really charming and um, fun to watch. So speaking of this brunch, let's get into it. The first thing that Ina makes is this hazelnut granola. So she is chopping these hazelnuts and she says, it's no secret that I love entertaining during the day. People come for a few hours. We have a really good time. They have lots of energy and then they go on with their day. <laughs> Basically like get the hell out, <laughs> which honestly is great. Like I, although like I think the, the, the risk of having a party at night is that there really isn't an end game. Whereas brunch like once you're done eating it's kind of like people have shit to do you know on a Saturday or a Sunday like they might have another appointment or they might have to go somewhere else so it really is the perfect scenario so I think Ina's on to something as always so in this granola there's a cup of hazelnuts a cup of roasted cashews which I I honestly Robbie if you're listening I was thinking about it more as Robbie and I were talking last week about the way that she says cashews I never picked up on that, but now that I've heard it in this episode, I can't go back. I can't turn the the dial backwards. Um, it's just very interesting. Cashews. I never, I never even paid attention to it. So now I'm always going to hear that. But anyway, moving on, she puts a cup of oatmeal in it as well. She says, you can't make granola without oatmeal. I feel like she says that almost in every recipe that she makes. You can't make blank without blank. Uh, just a little observation there. 
And in addition to the oatmeal, we also have a cup of slivered almonds, some shredded coconut, vegetable oil, some honey. Uh, she also tells us, which is a tip that I use very often, is if you do the oil first, the vegetable oil, and then put the honey in, the honey comes out a little bit cleaner, which is honestly a really good tip. So I use that a lot. So next, Ina introduces Miguel and Michael. She says, I'm not doing brunch alone. I got partners in crime. My friend Miguel is doing the table, and I gave him blue and white cloths to work with. And my friend Michael is doing the flowers. I'm sure it'll be fantastic. And speaking of Michael, we cut to him at the flower shop. He's wearing, you guessed it, an orange sweater, which I love. I love that he, there's this like fabulous picture of Michael. I'm definitely going to post it on my social medias, uh, the Good Vanilla social medias this week for sure, because it is so, it's a beautiful photo of him. It's it's definitely like a current photo. I feel like something that's a little bit more recent and the colors in it, it's like these oranges and pinks. I can't remember what color sweater he's wearing specifically, but it just like makes me happy. I don't know how else to describe it. So once you see it, once I post it, you'll you'll know. But um, I do love that orange, like an orange sweater is sort of like as signature as like Ina's denim, you know, the oversized denim shirt with the collar flips. So Michael leads us in and he says, the only real inspiration I have for Ina's table is blue. So maybe I should do blue mascari. Yes, they're low, they're blue, and they're not so formal, which I think is perfect for brunch. <laughs> the way that he like delivered that, ugh, I just love watching people... Like, even with Miguel and with him, like, there's something really, it's like an, it's like ASMR, just like watching people do something that they're really good at and like watching them like arrange flowers and kind of watching the process is like super relaxing to me. I was like, I was like almost falling asleep this entire episode because it was just like, ugh, just like show me everything that you know, Michael, because you can tell there's like a difference between, I feel like every gay man secretly wants to open like a flower shop when they retire. I don't know what that is, but there's a difference between that and then like a difference with, I feel like Michael has been in the game like at since a very young age. I would love to like sit down and just like talk to him and like rest assured that the Bridgehampton florist is on my, you know, my Barefoot Contessa like tour <laughs> that I might take one day. I think it would be a great birthday gift. Keon, if you're listening, let's go to the Hamptons. So next we cut to Miguel, who says, Ina gave me these two tablecloths, a white and a blue one. So for texture, I'm using these sort of rush mats is what he calls. I have no idea what, a, I mean, I know now, but I would, I never knew what he was, that a rush mat was a rush mat. It almost looks like, um, it's a, it's a placemat, like in this instance, but it's almost like this, uh, it, it's like, it's not hay by any means, but it almost looks like, uh like a woven basket sort of thing, but it's like softer, I guess. I don't really know how to, else to describe it, but uh, just Google it. He tells us they're very nice and chunky, which I agree. So next we cut back to Michael and he's like, great, I have the flowers. Now I need a vase. Hmm. And then he just turns around. He's like, eggs. And then he smiles at the camera and says, we got a plan. Ugh, it's so charming. I, it's, it's really like clunky the way that, he, like, there was no... <laughs> Like, I wish he was just sort of like, oh, you know what? I think we should use eggs. I have this great idea how about how, like how we could use them, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it's funny because the eggs are like on a table behind him and he's like, hmm. And then he just like not <laughs> just like casually turns around and like picks up like a dozen of eggs. So it was it's really funny. And then we go back to Miguel. He tells us that he's using white plates. And then for an added touch of whimsy, 
he is deciding to use oversized teacups instead of bowls. He said, they are beautiful. And then he says, hmm, this is beginning to take shape. I love Miguel. I love hearing him talk too. I'm not going to do a Miguel impression because it would probably be terrible. But I, I do love, in addition to Michael, watching him, watching his process, I guess. And the teacups, oh my God, they're so beautiful. It's like this white and blue it's just like it's it's exactly what you think it should look like it just like pairs so well with everything and i mean the apricot napkins that are coming later are just i i can't stop thinking about them really they're just so perfect so before we get into that let's go back to the granola i ina is spreading the granola on the sheet pan and puts it in the oven oh i guess that's all that happened there that wasn't too exciting but let's go back to miguel so he is, uh, you know, he says, to add height, I decided to use these pitchers for the juices. And then he pours orange juice and I guess maybe like apple juice. I don't know. It doesn't look like a traditional, it doesn't look like apple juice. I don't know what it is because it's definitely like a whiter sort of like milkier juice. I don't know. Either way, he pours it into the pitchers and it looks gorgeous. So brava. So we're back in the kitchen with Ina. She is making this fruit platter and she's carving out a pineapple. She gives us a hot tip about how to pick the perfect pineapple, which I have used before also. She says that some people will tell you if you pick a pineapple, you, you basically like whatever those are. I guess I'm, I want to call it a leaf, but it's like the spikes, I don't know, on top of the on top of the pineapple that you if you pull one out it means that it's ripe but she says it's not necessarily true it might actually mean that it's rotten <laughs> and she gives this like bleh face um she said instead pick it up smell it and if it smells like pineapple it's ripe which is a pretty good i feel the same thing applies to um to cantaloupe as well so next she starts to build this fruit platter and she lays some fig leaves down. I feel like fig leaves are her leaf of choice. I feel like she said, what other leaves? She's like, if you have like, it was something that no one would have lying around. Um, she's like, if you have hydrangea leaves um, in the summer, maybe lay some of those down. But they're all like things that no one has around unless you're in a garden, but that's okay. But I do think something green on a fruit plate goes a long way, I will say. The other hot tip that I really like that Ina did is she took, once she carved out like the core, she like cut it into these like sort of columns, the pineapple, and and she cut it on the plate, which is like so, it, it's like, it makes so much sense. It's like, why did I not think of that? Because I would have cut it on a cutting board, then like slid them on the tray and they all would have looked terrible. But with this, she cuts it on the plate and then it just like lays there perfectly. So another hot tip. She's full of them this week. So next she slices the cantaloupe. I love cantaloupe i i know that like i used to hate it as a kid first of all like i think i think cantaloupe and more specifically like honeydew get a bad rap because they're really they're really only in season like june through august like in the summertime i feel like that's when they're at their peak but they're always like i hate when you get like a fruit platter at the store like even like a really good store like they're always just like i don't know like hard waxy pieces of like tar. I don't know. Like they never taste good. They're never sweet. They're never like the color that they should be. Like honeydew is always this like off white with like a, a hint of green. And sometimes cantaloupe is the same. And I hate that because like really, really ripe cantaloupe and honeydew is so good. And of course, Inez is great. So um, I just wanted to take a moment to... Um, really kind of promote honeydew and cantaloupe because I feel like a lot of people don't like it. I feel like a lot of people do at the same time, but 
the people that really hate it really hate it. And I feel it's because of those terrible fruit platters you pick up at the grocery store. Like, I would challenge anyone who hates honeydew or cantaloupe to, like, go back in the summer. Like, go to, like, a local fruit stand or just, I don't know, splurge on one and then see if you like it. Because it really is a game changer, in my opinion. So next, it's time for the fresh berries. She puts strawberries, raspberries, and blueberries on. And she's like, she says, just, um, you know, very spilly, very artistic. Just just have it happen. <laughs> Which, I mean, I do get what she's saying. It's just funny that spilly was a word that came out of her mind. But it is, she just kind of like beautifully pours it on top. And it just like falls perfectly in the crevices. If I try to make this, it would look like, to use Ina words, it would look like dog food. <laughs> so she's, I can't remember what episode one time. She she uses that often. She'll say like it looks like a like dog food or like a dog's meal. Um, but she, I mean, I feel like Ina in all her years has really mastered like the cheese plate and the fruit plate amongst like a thousand other different types of plates. I'd like to see her do like a meat plate. That'd be good. So after the fruit plate, she moves on to the croissant. She's like, you gotta have croissant for brunch. She shows us how to fold the napkin so that the points stick right up. And I've actually done this before successfully. It's actually not as hard as it seems. Um, you just like kind of fold it in half once and fold it in half like again the other way. And it kind of just like, I mean, I'm doing something with my hands that obviously you can't see, but it just like, it falls perfectly within the basket. And these croissant look incredible. And she's like, no need to make them yourself. Just go to a really good bakery and then, you know, put them in a basket. These look incredible. And and she pairs it with her homemade apricot butter, which is just a half a cup of apricot preserves, a little pinch of salt, and a stick of butter. I forget about flavored butters. Like, I need to get on board with it because it's like the easiest thing to make. You can make it savory. You can make it sweet. Like I love a honey butter. I would love an apricot butter. I think that would be delicious. I would love, I don't know, some sort of like rosemary butter. I don't know if that would be like too strong, but some sort of like herb would be delicious. So next we cut back to Michael, who's being a busy bee at the flower shop with these muscari. He's putting them into the eggshells. He's kind of explaining how to make it. You like crack the top of it off and then just fill it with a little bit of water. And then he actually puts them in like a little egg cup with two, which is just like so cute. But I'm thinking, where did all these eggs go? I hope that he made himself like a huge omelet. I feel like he should have did this at Ina's. I guess it wouldn't have been a surprise, but so he could like give her all the eggs that he's using because the next thing that Ina makes are these blintzes and she needs like a couple eggs for it for the filling and all this other stuff too. It's just like, I hope that they made good use of those eggs. I'm sure he just has them like saved up. Like obviously he probably used the eggs and then keeps them, you know, for these purposes, I guess. So let's talk about blintzes. I don't think I've ever had a blintz. No. I don't think I did. It's basically, it's like a, a crepe with uh, ricotta cheese filling, but she's making it at like one big, like nine by 13 sort of, it's not a casserole per se, but it's just like, it's the easier way to make it without making them individually. And into the batter goes milk and sour cream and unsalted butter. She says the good vanilla. Four eggs. I hopefully, hopefully they use Michael's eggs. Flour, sugar, and baking powder. So she pours half the batter in the 9x13 and puts it in the oven for 10 minutes at 350. And while that's cooking, she makes the filling, which is ricotta cheese, mascarpone cheese, eggs, sugar, and lemon zest. I would eat, I would eat that filling before it even got in the oven. Ina gives us, you know, her, her infamous sort of like, don't even think about using lemon juice from that plastic lemon. She's like, whatever comes in a bottle doesn't approximate fresh squeezed lemon juice, which... I do agree with, I really do. But do I have that plastic lemon? 
You betcha. Actually, no, I don't. I think I have a big bottle of lemon juice. But uh, yeah, I agree. Fresh is always better. We get it. The last ingredient for the filling, of course, is half a teaspoon of good vanilla. And then it's off to Miguel again. He's bringing the coffee to the table. I'm, I said it before. I'm obsessed with these apricot napkins and like just in and how they pop so well with the shade of blue. That is, oh gosh, it's, I need these napkins like immediately. I'm going to, I'm probably going to like Google it as soon as I'm done recording. They're so beautiful. And it's like this like light, I mean, it's apricot. Everyone knows what apricot looks like, but it's like, it's just this soft version of it. That's, um, it's great. I'll shut up about it and move on. But um, apricot napkins, they're really incredible. So everything is coming together. We cut back to Michael's flower shop. He's kind of packing everything up and he's heading out the door and he says, "Woo! I can hardly wait to see what brunch is. It's really cute. Um, so next we cut back to Ina, who takes the bottom layer of the blends out of the oven. And then she puts the ricotta filling in the middle and then pours the remaining batter on top. But she does it with like a spoon. So it doesn't like penetrate was the first word that came to mind it doesn't penetrate the ricotta it just kind of softens the blow a little bit because it like you pour it onto the spoon which goes onto the ricotta and it's just like i don't know it's just like a a, a safer landing onto the middle part of it which i think what which i also use it's like a safer way to to kind of combine all the ingredients and i i do use this every once in a while this the spoon method so she puts that back in the oven, and next she makes the blueberry sauce, which I have made several times. Not necessarily with these ingredients, um, but I, I I feel like any sort of fruit you can do with raspberries, you could do, I guess you could do it with cherries or blueberries or whatever you have on hand too, but like, I I love making this. It's So Ina's version of this is she starts with some fresh squeezed orange juice and puts some sugar in and cornstarch. I always forget about the cornstarch because that's going to be like the thickening agent, I guess. And then she grates some lemon zest and some lemon juice and just kind of like boils that for a couple minutes. She says like, once you start to see a few of the blueberries pop is when you can kind of take it off the oven and you know, it's kind of done. And she puts it into one of those like classic silver gravy boats that she has on hand that are so beautiful. So at this point, the blintzes are done and she cool, I'm assuming they're cooled. She cuts them into like these huge squares, but it's it's great because like as soon as you start to wonder why she's cutting them so big, she's like, they're big, but they're the main course. And honestly, I'm not judging. I would eat like all three of those squares myself. That would be like one serving for me. And Ina makes her way out to the table finally to see what Miguel and Michael have created. And it's beautiful. Um, it's just like, it's the perfect scene if I can get like a screenshot of it, I'll try to like post it, but it's always going to be grainy when I take a picture of the TV. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what I could do. I mean, it really is a pun intended picture perfect. It's the great, it's like everything you ever wished like a Saturday or Sunday brunch could be like at your own house. I think that's like something that I didn't talk about before. There's a difference between like brunch at your house and brunch like out at a restaurant too. I much prefer like going to someone's house um, I just, I mean, I love like people, I love entertaining Keon and I really love when people come over too. So if we have like a reason to like throw a brunch, uh, for like anyone really, like we'll definitely take advantage of it. And I, I think, <laughs> I don't know if it was two or three years ago, I had a brunch birthday party. I had everyone bring like a dish, like some sort of brunch dish. And it was kind of like a, sort of like a brunch potluck idea, and it was great. Like, I would do that again in a heartbeat because it was just like all my favorite people in one spot. 
and we had a great time, lots of laughs and lots of great food. And this is like no exception, this this scene that they've made too. So they all sit down. Ina's like, can we eat this? Because Miguel is like trying to take the photos. I'm like, Ina, wait your turn. It's okay. Miguel is still working his magic. So they sit down and they eat the granola. I don't know. Are they just eating their granola like as is? I didn't see any yogurt on the table. I don't know. Is that a way you can eat granola? I usually like, I don't know. To me, granola like goes with something, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. So Ina lifts her glass and she says, cheers, everybody. I hope you love it. And everyone's sort of eating and it looks delicious. Ina grabs a croissant and Miguel has a little piece of the blintz. And I think Michael has a little bit of the granola. And she, <laughs> and then you could see Ina, like the wheels are turning. She's like, I like our plan, sharing a meal like this. She's like, we should do it for dinner. And the two, the two guys are like, yeah, that would be great. And then Ina says, but I don't want to do the food. And then Michael says, and I don't want to do the flowers. And then Miguel says, and I don't want to do the table. And then it's chaos. Everyone just laughs their head off. It's so great. It's like a classic ending to a Barefoot Contessa episode. And then they kind of like flip the rolls around. Ina says, okay, I'll do the flowers and Michael will set the table. And then Miguel, you do the food. And then they laugh all over again. And then they just kind of fade out. Ah, a great episode, a great brunch, the perfect brunch, dare I say. I'm glad that we finally got to do an episode with Michael and Miguel. I mean, obviously they were, they're going to show up uh, more than once uh, in these episodes too. So I'm looking forward to that. And I guess that's the end of this episode. So again, thank you everyone for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find it on Instagram and Twitter at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. And like I mentioned before, I also have a Facebook group for The Good Vanilla. So go check that out. If you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I want to give a shout out to my goods girlfriend, Jess, who left me a review last week. She said, I love this podcast. If you love Ina, this is a must listen. Jess and I have had uh, a plenty of brunches together, plenty of uh, hungover brunches. <laughs> if I'm being specific. Uh, Love you, Jess. Thanks for listening. Um, Also, if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kachanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.